Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. everybody before we get started just a couple quick announcements oh my gosh so we told you last episode that we were coming to chicago and that you'd get all the details in the intro of this episode so here we are with them sunday july 12th at 4 p.m we will be doing a live taping of weight of the world the penultimate episode of season five (laughs) at a wonderful venue called sleeping village Tickets go on sale today, Wednesday, March 4th at 10 a.m. Central Time for our patrons. Patrons, you will receive a code that you can use uh, that will work there at 10 a.m. You'll get the code at 10 a.m. So uh, stand by. You'll get that. You can snag a ticket. And if you are not a patron, don't you worry. Tickets will go on sale for you on Friday, March 6th. You can find information about the show on our website, bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on events. You can also use the bit.ly link, bit.ly slash Buffy SV. That's a capital B, a capital S, and a capital V. Bit.ly slash Buffy SV. I'll take you right to the ticketing link. Uh, I just want to let everyone know that we will be selling VIP tickets. You can do a meet and greet, a little sing along with us. You get a screen printed poster designed by Kate Leth. And those VIP tickets will not be limited. So if you want that, it is highly advised that you get in on the uh, pre-sale because those can sell out. The general admission tickets will not um, be able to sell out. We'll make sure to hold some of those for the public in case they go quick. So uh, we are so excited. Jenny, excited to go to Chicago? Very excited. The Windy City. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps the wind will blow some of the weight of the world off of our shoulders. That would be nice. But then if you have bare shoulders, you'll need to cover them up for that wind, you know? And a great way to do that is by visiting... Our <laughs> is by visiting our online store where you can currently get 20% off everything in the store through Friday with the code Council is Trash. A lot of items like our hat and our mug and our final sale items, the Jeopardy tea, the Tis the Season crew neck are running low. So snag them while they last. Patrons at the Slayer level and higher have a code for 30% off during the run of this sale. Heck yes. That was an incredible transition. Just so you all know, Jenny made it up on her. uh, She just did it live with the shoulders in the wind. It was really good. Really proud. I'm an adult. I got ideas. (laughs) Um, Want to let you know that our very first Patreon book club book has been chosen. If you are a patron at the watcher level or higher, you are part of our Slack book club. We're going to be reading a book together called Gideon the Ninth by uh, Tamsin Muir. I'm not sure if I'm saying her name right, but I hope that I am. We're going to be uh, discussing Acts 1 and 2 of the book on Saturday, March 14th in our special Slack book club channel. Just a little tidbit on this book. The cover quote reads, Lesbian necromancers explore a haunted Gothic palace in space. Decadent nobles vie to serve the deathless emperor. Skeletons. So you see, I can't, I know this is a very, very, very relevant uh, to our interests book choice. Uh, if you want to be a part of our book club, just head on over to patreon.com slash buffering cast. You can join at the watcher level or higher. We're going to have a very, very good time. Well, speaking of having a good time, it's now time for the results of last episode's sexual tension awards. These are the results for triangle. 
Coming in fourth place, surprising no one, but disappointing me, it's Xander, Riley, and that sexy little crescent wrench with 15% of the vote. Boo! <laughs> hey, then, I mean, listen, this this vote is a good split. It's Everybody got a decent showing, I will say. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all things considered, I'm, I'm proud of you all for, for putting your feelings about Riley to the side <laughs> and uh, letting love in. Uh, in third place, now this is a shocker. I can't believe this didn't land on top. In third place, we've got Buffy the Nun and the Wimple with 24% of the vote. <laughs> and then getting into some very heated territory, yeah. in second place, it's Giles and British Books with 30% of the vote. And if you're doing the math along with me here, you'll know that the, the winner took it only by 1% of the vote. It's Spike and Xander with, and I can't remember what this is a reference to, a peanut slap. <laughs> They're, oh they're right, Xander's point. eating the peanuts, yeah. and, right, 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 right. and Xander Spike's trying to get in there. They've got thirty-one percent of the vote, which makes them the winners of this week's Sexual Tension Award. Congratulations, everyone! Yes, congrats. everyone's a winner in the Sexual Tension Awards. Congratulations! I'm so glad, Jenny, that I can put it anything in parentheticals, and you'll just read it, even if you don't know what it yeah. means. You were like, "Okay, I'm like slap. Ron Burgundy over here." <laughs> Um, okay, moving from the peanut slap into a short story that I wrote when I was 12 years old, or sorry, 11 years old, about to turn 12, uh, we're going to head right into chapter two of this special podcast, Duckin' Spooky News. Okay, uh, if you missed Triangle, then you may have missed this, but I found a horror story that I wrote when I was 11 years old, and I'm reading it in uh, a few segments over the course of these few episodes. So we left off with Tanya, a character in the story, um, about to begin the story of Old Man Seaver. The title of the story is The Death of Old Man Seaver. So um, listen, if you need the you need the backstory, you got to go back to two weeks ago to our episode with Trixie Mattel in here at the beginning. Jenny, are you ready for installment two? I am ready. Okay, in the voice of Tanya. Old Man Seaver was just a spooky old guy, or so we thought. He lived at the end of town where you live now. He lived with his wife and another old man of whom we thought might have been his cousin. Nobody paid much attention to them until Tanya stopped speaking and everyone glared at her and urged her to go on. As I was saying, no one paid him much attention until... <laughs> we <laughs> Utterly pointless pause, go on. <laughs> I was 11. Uh-huh. As I was saying, no one paid him much what, attention. Getting paid by the word at 11 years old or something? <laughs> Ahem. As I was saying, no one paid him much attention until we heard the screams. My eyes were now about the size of tennis balls as I urged her to go on. They were not very loud or attention-grabbing at first, but then they got louder and louder and even louder until... Wah! We all screamed and she started laughing. The tears were now rolling down her cheeks and she had clutched her stomach. Finally, she calmed down and continued on with the story. Anyway, Jesus. Anyway, the screams did get louder. In fact, they got so loud that someone had to call the police. The police investigated and they found out that every Friday night at midnight was when the screams took place. So on one <laughs> Friday night at around 11.30 p.m., they knocked on the door. Mr. Seaver answered it and invited the police to come in. So they went in and had a nice chat with Mr. Seaver and his cousin. 
because I should have put cousin in quotes because uh, we're not sure who this other man is that lives in the house. <laughs> the family said that they had never heard any screams at all, and then they changed the subject. And as you know, time did not stop. It was already 11.55, and they were still talking. At midnight on the dot, a faint scream was heard. It rose higher and higher until it reached a blood-curdling screech. The police were horrified as the scream rose even higher, but Mr. Seaver and his family acted as though nothing was happening. When the scream lowered into a faint moan, about 20 dead bodies fell from the top floor. Oh my God! (laughs) Acting as policemen would, they rushed upstairs to see, well, to see nothing at all. Even though they had seen nothing, they heard a faint tune of what sounded like an innocent little girl singing... Row, row, row your boat. Uh, the words were completely different, though. She had been singing, kill, kill, kill the men who took my life away. Merrily, 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 merrily take their lives today. So, Wow. <laughs> I really don't know what to think. <laughs> That's been your second installment of the short story titled The Death of Old Man Seaver. Tune in next episode to find out what happens. (laughs) Hey, for all of you prom goers and prom going aspirants, I just want to let you know some very exciting updates. Brittany Ashley, Laura Zach, and your goddess and ours, Kate Leth, will all be in attendance at this year's prom, along with other special guests we have yet to announce. If you have been sleeping on getting your prom bids, now is the time. Head on over to bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash prom for ticket links and details. <laughs> Beautiful. You sounded kind of like the movie phone guy. Um, I'm very, very excited to have this whole crew. Um, I also like don't want to spoil too much, but I will say that Jenny has called for, for some choreographed dancing um, for some of her live music sets. So uh, TBD, be, TBD, <laughs> TBD. Uh, I'm sorry, but you can't you can't even say the words choreographed dancing to me and not have it happen. So it's not right, TBD. Right, right, right. It will be happening. Okay. Uh, All right. Um, okay. Uh, something that we didn't say, but that you may already know is that we are about to roll into checkpoint with the specialist of all special guests ira madison the third and it's the amen third time that he's appeared on the podcast which seems like some kind of special bingo uh ira madison the third the third (laughs) all right jenny if you have no more to say neither do i and we can get on into this episode let's do it Hello, hello, and welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we're watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one at a time. Spoiler free, I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. Ooh, Jenny Owen Youngs. That's right. I am Kristen Russo, and this week we're talking about a very important episode, season five, episode 12, Checkpoint, Um, and we have, I think, the episode's biggest fan in the room with us. Hi, Ira. Hi. (laughs) 
<laughs> we we Twitter connected on this. Yes, yes, and and I'm back. You are. I'm you back. were here the last time you were with us. I think was prom. Yes, I skipped season four. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not intentionally. I don't hate season four. I love it. Uh, <laughs> if you had a pick from season four, do you have an episode that's like your your uh, pick? I do. Um, I mean, I feel like everyone's always like hush, you know. Oh my uh, god, right. good. Yeah. Hush is in season four. Hush that feels like a four. thousand years ago. Yeah. Yes, but probably like I would pick something like This Year's Girl or Who Ooh, Are You? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Or like mm. a fear itself. Like season four has some really good, nice. some good stuff. Uh, if you were in a boat with all seven seasons of Buffy and the boat was taking on water and you had to get rid of one season. Seven. <laughs> Without, oh, cool. so you're no. without hesitation. So prepared. So certain. <laughs> Did I stutter? Seven. Uh, uh, the one I saved the most would probably shock you. I think it's changed so much since really? I did your show first. What is your yeah. say? What season would you save uh, the, the most? Six. Six. Six, six is my six favorite season. So much going on. Well, listen, we can't talk about any yeah. of it. You, but. you both can have this discussion. Clearly, I cannot. I've only like season six and seven are a mystery to me. I've only seen them once, and it was like oh wow, six years ago. Yeah. yeah. So it has slowly become my favorite season of the show. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's aged very well. Okay, nice. well, you can yes. be on. You can just do the whole season with us. Then. <laughs> <laughs> You're not busy, right? Yeah, you yeah. don't have anything going on. Well, Actually, this studio is close to my apartment now. <laughs> <laughs> Tr- Trixie, who was on the last episode, said the same thing. She was like, "I walk. I could basically yeah. walk here." I think we yeah. found the podcasting like nexus of power. Yeah, yeah, yes. totally. Yes. Totally. Yes. So, so, also, so many people that like like that Trixie and like that. Um, just happen to live in this area weirdly. Oh. A lot of people live in this area who you'd be shocked about. <laughs> Apparently, just, yeah. Trixie sees Juliet Landau at the gym all the time. Yes. Oh, yes. I see Juliet, like, Juliet Landau's at the gym. I was like, Wilson Cruz. Oh, my God. Um, this is my gym. Um, <laughs> Melina Masukis, director of Queen and Slam, like, is in this area, too. Wow. Uh, we're not Hot telling bed. you the area because yeah. it's none of your business. Mystery. Uh, You'll never but, know that gym. <laughs> yes, but yeah. Incredible. Well, yeah. so Andrew Rattles when he's in town here. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I a mean, journey. we are in Los Angeles. Yes. So, but this yeah. is a central area of yeah. LA. Yeah. I definitely never went to the gym with Juliet Landau when I lived here. Nor <laughs> I. That's because we were up in the mountains of Altadena. <laughs> Um, so Ira, before we finish our intro, which I, we're we're sure, just you sure. know we're very comfortable with yeah, these, so we're going sure. on script. But um, I I said before we were on air, so to speak, that you could talk about all the things you do because there are so <laughs> many. I mean, obviously too we know much. there's so much. Well, I mean, you're the judge of if it's too much. <laughs> we want all of the content. It is too much. <laughs> <laughs> I need a nap. <laughs> so tell us what you're what you're working on. Uh, well, there's keep it obviously the podcast. Uh, and I am now working on a new Netflix show called Q-Force. Uh, it's by my wonderful friend Gabe Liebman. Uh, he's producing it with Mike Schur and um, Sean Hayes, who's the voice. Wow. Uh, animated gay spy show. Fuck. Um, yes. Okay. yes. Yes. When does it? Uh, when is it born into the world? Next um, Pride. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. so 2021. It's got to be animated, written, but... It's going to be great. Hopefully a lot of really fun actors in it. And, you know, there's like, it's supposed to be a whole fun spectrum. So, you know, obviously Sean Hayes is like this white guy. But, you know, there's like 
trans character, non-binary, like lesbians, like this. Every everyone's in it. And it's a, it's an animated show, but it's an animated show for adults, or it's an, Netflix. Yeah, for adults. For, yeah, for adults. Yeah, for adults. <sighs> yeah, it's from the uh, yeah. it's from the company that makes Big Mouth. So amazing. Yeah. Wow. We're going for broke. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. 2021 seems like it's a minute away, but really it's not. It's, it's like not. We'll all so take much a, to go through. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, actually, maybe 2021 is farther away than we think it is. <laughs> Too far. <laughs> um, so to finish our intro, Jenny, sure, you sure, can sure, talk sure. about who wrote Well, those. Checkpoint was written by Douglas Petrie and Jane Espenson and directed mm-hmm. by Nick Mark. Yeah, Nick Mark. Uh, your old friend again. Nick Mark. And originally aired on January 23rd. 2001. Whoa. What's Whoa. today? We're taping this on January 22nd. 20, 22nd. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. Wow. Okay. You won't hear it for a while, but yeah, just so you know. Almost 20 years to the day. To the day. Wow. That's pretty fucking cool. What timing. Wow. All right. <laughs> so this is the one, in case you don't know, according to IMDb, where the Watchers Council, Womp Womp, uh, Womp Womp not <laughs> included in the description on IMDb, <laughs> travels to Sunnydale to review Buffy's skills as a slayer. Meanwhile, Glory puts her search for the key into high gear. Mm-hmm. I'm skipping ahead. I know we go sequential here. But something that I thought was funny about this uh, storyline is that Glory is like, um, can you ask Ben where the Slayer lives? And I'm like, listen, Glory. Like, I feel like she just had a phone book like a couple episodes exactly. ago. Like, I just feel like you didn't have to at task Ben and your minions with that. This probably. used to be one of my favorite seasons, and it's sort of revisiting it. I love the concept of Glory as this ditzy, you know, like Valley Girl ish, whatever. <laughs> but when you watch this season, we do. When you get towards, like, episode 19, 20, you're like, go ahead and pick up the pace. Yeah. <laughs> ben, can you find out where the Slayer is? How, how, do your job. Right. Just do something. She's like, Everyone else <laughs> manage, every other demon and monster manages to find the Slayer at her home uh-huh. and attack her or in the streets randomly. Seriously. And Glory can't. Yeah. Ask anyone in Sunnydale. They will tell you where Buffy Summers lives. (laughs) They know. Um, Go find a vampire. Ask them. (laughs) You're a god. I can say it now. (laughs) It's been 12 episodes. Yeah. 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 (laughs) What are you doing? I mean, seriously. She went to the magic box and bought some shit. Like, I guess seven episodes for her. That's true. Because she showed up in five. That's true. Yeah. We were talking actually in Triangle about the fact that Glory is such a memorable piece of season five that you think she's in more episodes. And then, Mm -hmm. like, it's like, oh, there's actually a whole other thing happening in this season where we don't see her as often. Anyway, I I started us in the middle. We should start at the beginning. Mm -hmm. You know when you're you're cleaning off your living room because it's such a mess and you, like, weren't expecting your friends to come over and then you find a huge, bulky, green military sweater (laughs) He's been gone for like weeks at this point. Yeah, yeah. And this is just like what behind a couch cushion or something. And then Xander is like, "Oh, that must have belonged to Riley." <laughs> you all remember Riley? Because right. well, Into the Woods aired two thousand, right? Like yeah. it was it was the episode before the break. Yeah. Um. Oh it, yeah. Yeah, because because I remember distinctly remember Triangle being when it finally aired. It was like it was after a long winter break of mm. no Buffy episodes. Uh, and I think it was a longer break because I, t- I forget which date mm-hmm. um, Into the Woods aired, but it, it felt like pretty sort of early in December-ish. Yeah. Um, so this is to say 
um, long-windedly, far too long for a sweater <laughs> that you did not notice to just be sitting there. Giant it's not sweater. like it blends in with like Joyce's like floral <laughs> curtains and couches. Like it's thick, chunky. Uh, it has those shoulder pads. It's not. But what's funny is that like from a writer's standpoint, you can weigh in on this. I, you know, they they have to have something left behind by Riley, and so what's hilarious is that like Riley has no other like indicative. <laughs> Right, it's like, like that what, or what, a gun? What? Yeah, like Nothing. a gun or a sweater or a, like... <laughs> right. Other questions. We fully know Buffy, is she, she's still in school at this point. She's in, she yeah, is. It's just she, sort she, of come yeah, back she's, into she's the... Still in, she's still in school. Where's she living? Is she at home? She's she moved at home. back home. That's okay. like, that's that happens like early okay. in season she five. Once Joyce gets right. sick. Okay, yes. Slash, jo- she yes, finds she out Dawn is the okay. key. She's like, I need to be home, close to my sister, close to my sister. I'm just thinking about Riley taking off his sweater in Joyce's living room. (laughs) Inappropriate. (laughs) And now we all are. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Um, So yeah, so they're they're there, uh, apart from us to realize that Buffy still kind of, sort of misses Riley, but like, does she? uh, She doesn't think about him the rest of the episode. Yeah. (laughs) At all. I don't think she really. (laughs) She doesn't miss him too much. Um, But they're all meeting so that Giles can be like, hey, by the way, what I found out is that the entire Watchers Council is going to roll up. Like, didn't give him an itinerary. He's like, they might Mm. be here tomorrow. They could be here today. Not sure. Yeah. Fucking creeps. They're rude. Oh, they're such creeps. Um, Xander makes a good point. Can they just call us on the phone? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking couldn't they? No, there's the the council is like the most dramatic entity in the yeah. entire series. Right. If we're being honest, like I mean when Buffy pegs them later, you know, like they obviously want like the tea. I mean Genu- metaphor metaphor metaphorically uh, <laughs> and also colloquially yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, they, they're living over in london not even in london you know outside of london you know they all like jumped at the chance to hop on the plane on the watchers council budget to yeah. go to la yeah Who's funding the Watchers Council? <laughs> Honestly, it's old money. It's yeah. definitely old money. Big business. <laughs> yeah. Or is it like mystic money? Are they just yeah. like creating gold? God, that would make the fucking patriarchal bullshit of Buffy not getting paid even worse if they're just mystically making money and still not giving her yeah. any. So yeah, Buffy's pissed. The council's on their way. Uh, Dawn is constantly eavesdropping. It's, what's your opinion on Dawn, actually? We haven't seen you since there's been a Dawn. We uh, also haven't seen you since there's been a Riley. While yeah. we're collecting opinions. I kind of got the opinion on Riley. I feel like Ireland's Who? on my side. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Trixie Who? was hard on Jenny's side, and I'm glad to have you here. So yeah. Who is... Who? <laughs> who? Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Um... <laughs> Um, I like Dawn. Yeah. Yeah. Did you like Dawn when you watched the series the first time? I did, actually. That's yeah, good. I did. That's cool. Yeah, I think I've always liked Dawn. I liked Dawn, too, but I watched it as an adult person, and I, from what we've gathered, a lot of people didn't like Dawn as teenagers mm-hmm. or younger people watching the show, because she was kind of written to be... Yeah, a brat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so meanwhile, at Glory's house... She's feeding on a postman. She's sweat, very sweaty for Glory. And um, 
a question I have about this scene actually is why did they wait so like she's like you don't have to cut it so close next time before you bring me my yeah what else do these minions they're not have? doing they anything have to, do. to do they have literally one purpose uh, and I maybe got... they're just running out of you know when you when uh when you overfish an ocean uh-huh. and then you're just kind of out of fish but mm-hmm. they just need humans but right but like maybe they've taken the minds of all of the sort of like people who naturally come in the zone of this like abandoned hotel oh. that they're occupying. Mm. I just feel like everyone in the glory camp could do a little bit better of a job administratively. You yes. know, like glory can find the slayer. The minions can bring her something to eat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Organization could be improved. Also, the the guy who's playing this mailman that they bring to feed her, mm-hmm. uh, his name is Peter Hussman. I looked him up because he looked so familiar to me. Oh, I guess he just has a familiar to me face, but in his very <laughs> short list of acting credits, I want you to know that he was in something titled Faith Happens. Oh. Uh, which felt very relevant. You know, you've been really pushing Faith on us these I last few episodes. I miss her. I, I mean, like, I'm always here for it, but this Love is, her. you know, yeah. So Giles is like in the magic box and he's talking to this like junior level witch in the shop. Oh, like yes. this nameless character who's a witch. Mm-hmm. You can tell she's a witch by like her tiny dyed black uh, like bangs. baby bangs. Yeah, you, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And then Quentin and what I wrote down in my notes, his army, Quentin mm-hmm. and his army arrive. And like quintets. Ooh, <laughs> we will not be making an enamel pin for yeah. quintets. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they're just assholes right from the jump. Okay, yeah. They are assholes, but also the point that they raise about maybe Giles keeping dangerous stuff off the main floor of the shop could have prevented him selling Glory the ingredients that she needed to make the huge rubber snake a few episodes ago. I mean, mm-hmm. fine. Just Fair. a thought. Yeah. Just a thought. Fair. Safety first. Also, the one of them is very cute. The guy. With the Which dark one? hair. Oh, the the guy that not the guy that gets the sword thrown at it. Wait, no, I think so. The guy behind Nigel. The, he has the like a double-breasted suit. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yes. I love the la- so and, and the lady with the glasses. Is very Lydia. Severe. Yeah. Oh, her name's Lydia. This mm-hmm. the Spike fan girl. Yes. yes. Oh my god, I fucking love that yeah. scene so much. I cannot wait to get to it. But also, there's another woman, and it, it, I'm like, is she just Quentin's assistant? Because oh yeah, she makes tea. She makes she tea. Has no lines. Right. Yeah. Assistant makes sense. To which I again say they're paying for Quentin to have a fucking assistant. <laughs> they're not paying the Slayer, and certainly none of them have assistants. Uh, yeah. Fighting mm-hmm. this, fighting this evil. But they, do, but they do pay watchers. Yeah, they're pay. They pay Giles. When they talk about back pay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a bent yeah. system. Yeah, I guess we should just put, I mean, there's so many places in this episode where we can put the patriarchy jingle, but we might as well just pop it in here at the top. (laughs) The patriarchy! (laughs) Great. So, um, yeah, I don't know. The council is like, we're going to shut down your fucking store. Anya um, crushing it, blending in with all the people who have been humans their whole lives. <laughs> Born to her. both a mother and a father. Oh, my God. <laughs> when she Later when she's like, uh, I was um, a child, which means I was like, smaller <laughs> and shorter than I am now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Very good, it's Anya. A firm grasp on the basics. Um, yeah, I mean, my main note in this whole scene is what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck. Um, they're rude. They're rude. They're awesome. But always. Yeah, and it's like I guess I like I get. We haven't seen him since Helpless, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Jenny, what was that um, well, violent motion it's you like made? Quentin is all like, well, we have this info on Glory, but we won't hand it over until we're convinced that you're prepared for it. And it's like, or what? Like, who else are you going to give it to? That's my fucking question. Yeah. What is, I mean, I guess like that is. Faith? What, yeah. <laughs> Come on. Right. Their plan is very uh, shabby, which I mean, yeah. I guess is how the whole episode kind of comes They're, to an end. Know, but what is the name of the the book or methodology or whatever? The guy who like made a lot of money trying to get other guys to talk to women in a in such a way as to make them feel bad oh, um, like the, the king of negging the guy like who invented yeah, it no, the game the master uh, the something um something artist pickup artist yes the watcher's council is basically the pickup artist like negging buffy this whole episode right trying to get her to want their approval when actually as we later find out it's yeah uh, and then, as if we didn't have enough patriarchal bullshit in this episode, we go to class to your question of if she's back in school. She's kind of, yes. college is like, it's like they, they just remembered that Buffy should maybe still yeah. be in school. She like missed a lot of classes while Joyce was going, going through through it. it. Yeah. And someone enjoyed, you know, doing this Rasputin joke. That's, that's the only reason this is. <laughs> uh huh. And who are these fucking, how is this professor getting those kind of laughs from college age yeah. students for this like C minus at best material. I agree. Mm. Like speculation 101. And maybe because college is bigger than high school, but I feel like when some of these kids on campus like sort of know that like Buffy's Buffy a vampire like, so, like, Yeah, or at least like saving them from random things on campus. Right. Just like they knew the in high school. Years. Yeah. 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 They, I mean, they might not know that their former psych professor was like a m mastermind running an initiative. And yeah, what was ever the oversight from that? You know, the professor was just doing all this just, at the school. Yeah, building what, a tinfoil lab. What the school ever do about it? Anyway, <laughs> I wonder. No, I'm just thinking about how many like below ground on college campus, like huge cavernous mm -hmm. rooms they were working in the initiative. And like, how did they even do any of that without... Yeah. The school's knowledge. Okay, so fucking Buffy has had enough. She goes to the fucking cemetery. She's wailing on this vamp. And she can't even get what she needs. Mm, and then Spike shows up. Yeah. The men in this episode coming from every angle. <laughs> yeah. The professor, the council, Spike. I am a Spike fan, though. Yeah. I mean, I mean look uh, at him go. Yeah. I was chipping Buffy, Spike hard, like... By this point, yeah, which is kind of what the I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean, out like. for a walk, bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah. Her. yeah, and that's essentially like what we have. We have like another version of out for a walk, bitch, in this scene where yeah. he's just like, you know, he's in love with her, and the only way that he can seem to express it is by just saying the meanest shit he can think of. Yeah, because he's a demon. Yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> lest mean, we forget, <laughs> it's not that far away from like the way a lot of people express stuff like this like when they're in like i don't know fifth grade yeah, yeah. also yeah because also he was like a nerd oh he was for love you know like mm -hmm. now he's just like angry at women mm -hmm. he's, instead of writing his horrible poetry was, was spike an incel <laughs> <laughs> you have to wonder <laughs> i'm just saying yeah, was mean, he nothing, joker <laughs> nothing was going on for him with cecily yeah yeah he appeared to have absolutely no game while yeah. he was still living. Then yeah. he became a vampire. Mm. Yeah. And then immediately got like Drew. 
and drove Which, her crazy to get oh, her. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Interesting. He's the Joker. Oh, shit. Anyway. It's getting, it's getting dark <laughs> quick. <laughs> um, Todd Phillips' is Spike. <laughs> <laughs> I'd see that movie. Uh, so, whatever. Spike's spike to buffy and um then we go to this weird whatever we don't even need to talk about the scene where jinx goes to the is it jinx that goes to the yeah hospital? that's jinx he goes to visit ben at work he's like where does the slayer live i'm glad you remember their names uh, <laughs> <laughs> i was just like minions yeah he talks to ben the only thing that i like about that little scene is that ben is like don't touch me you're crusty yeah. what's <laughs> weird is knowing back then in high school i was like oh ben's very cute but now like I know his potential because he is so hot. Like Charlie now. Weber. Yes. So, yeah. Like on How to Get Away with Murder. He's like oh. hot, short haircut, <laughs> tattoos, even more muscle. Like yeah. it was all there. Yeah. Did you know when you were watching Buffy for the first time, did you know that you were attracted to Ben? Yes. So you were like fully yeah. aware. Yeah. You weren't like some of us looking at women, looking at women and being like, I don't know why. I just feel like maybe I want to be your best friend. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so back to the magic box we go. Mm-hmm. So Buffy, like, opens the fucking door, which I love the sound effect. This is so <laughs> small and random, but I just love that every time the magic box door opens that fucking the, the bell. bell. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's like a nice little thing that has, I think, finally gotten in mm-hmm. to yeah. my brain. And she thinks, oh, fuck, perhaps if I just back out of this door very slowly... <laughs> No one will notice yeah. I was ever here. It's a good, it's a good Sarah Michelle Gellar acting moment. Bad day. Bad. bad Miss Summers. Day. Good to see you again. And then this is where the council is essentially like, you know, we're gonna send you through all these fucking. Te- it's like a replay of Helpless, but worse. Yeah. Um, they're gonna make her do all these tests. But and- you get your powers this time. Right, yeah. You know, we won't like drug you and lock you in a house. Oh my god, <laughs> Jesus Christ! That's so. What I was gonna say earlier is like I understand that they need like this knowledge that the council has, but I just feel like so much has been forgotten by almost everyone except for Buffy. Mm-hmm. You know, like even Giles. It's like I just, I just want him to be. I mean, I'm happy that what it gives us is that mm-hmm. Buffy is the one who tells him to go fuck themselves yeah. but I, I you know i'm just surprised i think that giles and the rest of the crew minus like tara mm-hmm. are not a little bit more i think they're she fired the council and everything and, yeah and... but like giles is horny for the books mm-hmm. and don right is the thing i think that it's the thing that changes everything like it's what makes buffy and giles like more desperate yeah that's uh, true that's you know? true and she's it's not like it's not like they're finding anything out about this woman. Buffy's just like getting trounced over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. What and are you going to do? <laughs> right. And, and you know, to to your point on desperation, it, it is Dom, but it's also Giles. Because and that's what they're saying in this scene. Like they essentially use Giles as the weapon against uh, Buffy by how saying. How fucking dare they? That they're going to deport him. And Giles is like, yeah, they can full like they're they're shitty at a bunch of stuff. They're not good at this. They're not good at that. But like, this is one thing that their threats are not idle. They yeah. were. But yeah. how about that that like hot dad moment of like she's not your bloody instrument? Yeah. Yes. 
it's incredible. It's incredible to me the way that they, I mean, I know that they're assholes and I know that they are whatever, but it's just incredible to me that they, they tried to kill Faith. They tried to kill fucking <sighs> Faith. And that they say, like, the they say in the scene, the council fights evil and the slayer is the instrument by which we fight. The council remains the slayer's change. Like, they are so in ownership of how shitty they are. Mm -hmm. um, that, they, you know, that they're not the kind of shitty people who are, like, pretending no. that they care. They're literally just like, this yeah, you're, dispos you're disposable. And yeah. we're the institution. And we're the institution. So mm -hmm. you can suck it. Anyway, Jinx goes back to fucking glory and he's all bruised up. You know, Kendra would have passed the test. Anyway. Mm. Kendra would have passed which test? The, all the, the tests. Test. The, like, they wouldn't yeah. have had to test her in the first place. Right. Uh -huh. they, yeah. She's she a councilwoman. She, <laughs> That's why she died. Oh, Kendra. That's why she died. Oh, yeah. Well. But she did. She followed all the rules. Yeah. She followed all the rules. Faith broke all the rules and Buffy's yeah. in the middle. Yeah. We don't, <sighs> have to, we don't have to get into that, though. I still think I'm so angry about her death. About Kendra's, Kendra's death, yes, because it was bad. Yeah, it was a badly, it was a badly staged death. Mm -hmm. Drew, Drew the, the hypnotizing and the it's very dumb. Yeah. Anyway, agree. <laughs> <laughs> You're like a mad. She's a slayer. Come on. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then Drew Drusilla never was able to do that to anyone else. <laughs> yeah, Later. never seen Drusilla hypnotize another <laughs> yeah. living soul. Yeah, that's a fucking solid point. Yeah. Mm hmm. Hmm. Uh. So we're at an important point in the episode because we see Glory's walk-in closet. <laughs> it's just beautiful. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I thought it might be a good segue oh. to our fashion watch from Kate Lev. Yes, of course. It's time for our friend Kate to give you the Buffy fashion update. Welcome back, everyone, to Buffy Fashion Watch in an episode I might call the Tweed Invasion, although there is actually a lot less tweed than I would have hoped for. Um, this is a pretty fun episode for fashion, but what it actually is is a great episode for hair. Willow's got her um, her curls happening, which is a thing that regularly occurs as her, her sort of short, choppy college cut is growing out um, throughout this season, and it is so cute. She's got her little collar in the first scene, her little choker, I guess. I shouldn't say that, but oops. And, you know, her outfits throughout the episode are actually really great. Willow's fashion is kind of coming into its own here. She is dressing a little less eccentrically, uh, a little more boho, pagan, lesbian type girlfriend. Uh, and also Tara gets a really great hair moment in the opening scene, which almost inspired me to do my entire fashion watch about lip gloss because everyone's lips are so shiny. But as it turns out, uh, lip gloss is not actually that interesting. And... You know, as a person who used to professionally do makeup, I thought there would be more to it, but there's really not. So everyone's lips just look great. Giles is very much rocking his recently divorced dad look in the beginning with his kind of, uh, would you say a weathered leather jacket? Anyway, he's, uh, <laughs> he's doing all right. And controversial take for this one, strange every single time I say it, but Xander looks good in this episode. He's doing this little um, collared shirt under a crew neck sweater thing, which I have yet to see a person this looks bad on. It's probably just, you know, my thing for professors, but it's really cute and it's really working for him. Other than that, in this episode, I really do love the watcher who is Spike's fangirl. Uh, her outfit is, is not incredibly distinctive. There are not a lot of elements of note other than the glasses she gets to push up her nose <laughs> when she's geeking out. But I love her. So I just wanted to say that I do. 
And then Buffy, who pretty much gets, you know, standard Buffy outfits throughout this episode, in sort of the very end gets what I can only describe as her Paddington bear coat. Uh, it's it's not quite fuzzy, but it is, no, it's it's fuzzy, but it's dense. <laughs> it looks very warm, very warm for California, uh, but I love it. And I love every time she wears an enormously puffy or otherwise um, stuffed animal-esque coat. And her hoops, her signature hoops are, are really making an appearance in this episode, and I love it. So yeah, overall, I mean, this is a really great episode. It's one I've always enjoyed. Anytime Buffy faces off against the Watcher's Council is a lot of fun. Anytime Buffy really owns her power, her strength is one that I really love. So, you know, not not a huge one. Nobody's wearing tie-dye pants. Anya does wear a a pretty small halter top, which... I almost didn't want to comment on because I figured I'd sound like a creep, but here we are. Just a really solid episode, really solid outfits for everyone. I wish Xander wore that uh, sweater and shirt for the entire show. I would be fine with that. And I do know that it shows up again, so um, good on him. Good on him. Until next time, I'll see you at the mall. That was our friend Kate. She gave you the Buffy fashion update. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Kate. Now and always. Thank you so much, Kate. <laughs> Love you, Kate. Loved being there for that segment. That's great. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all you can watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, <laughs> love all this Ben talk from Gloria about how he could seduce Buffy and bang the key out of her. Ugh, bang the key and out when, of her. <laughs> and when Jiggs is like, well, he is quite attractive. She's like, well, of course he's attractive, which seems interesting. I wonder what it could mean. <laughs> I wonder where this could be going. Because okay, he's I- a man cast on a television show. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, they do seem to be connected. You and, know? More inter- and more interesting than Riley already. <laughs> I mean, everybody is. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> you got your Trixie defense. I'm going to jump on the Ira no. train. I miss, I miss like Graham. Gra- oh, Graham. I was like, who's he, Graham? He right. Was, he was better than Riley. Graham. Yeah. <laughs> he was in the season. And out yeah, of my he mind. was just, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Graham came back in his black beret just a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Riley got in the helicopter with him. Yeah. I actually disagree, though. I think Graham is just as boring as Riley. Mm. I would. Forrest was the interesting one. Uh, exactly. Oh, I would, yeah. Poor Forrest. Uh, poor Forrest. Wow. Yeah. But Forrest. he did have, I mean, as much as poor Forrest, he wow. did have the most interesting uh, of arc. The of the three boys, yeah. he definitely had the most He got to be a, like a, mon- a Frankenstein monster. Yeah. What? Yeah. This show killing interesting black characters? Yeah, and it doesn't knew? seem like Sunnydale <laughs> at all. Um, Who knew? Yeah, it's just weird. This show is actually like kind of a standalone in that. Yeah, it's just a very isolated there's a, incident. There's yeah. a different world where Kendra lived, Forrest lived, and they spun off. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh my God, the other different world. Yeah, the better Buffy and Ryan. yeah, the better time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. But instead, yeah. here we are. Here we are. It's sort of like Giles and um, Glory give Buffy the seedlings of what she needs to get to the end of mm-hmm. this episode, and this is the first conversation where, like, she's right. she's sitting with Giles, and Giles is like, "This is about power." Mm-hmm. Like, right. he gives her that piece, yeah. um, and then he cleans his glasses so hard that he pops a lens or something. He breaks his glasses, which this doesn't. I know you don't care, Ira, but just a few yeah. episodes ago, I said, "Doesn't Giles ever break his glasses? Yeah. He's always mm-hmm. battling with them." He's getting punched. And I thought it was interesting that he never breaks them in battle, but here where he's fucking so stressed out by the council yes. and their power. I don't and... do that anymore. Yes. I've got LASIK since I've seen it. <gasps> yeah. How do you feel? What Great. is it like on the yeah, other side? It's wonderful. wonderful. Yeah. I'm so the... scared of the lasers. I love it. They, is there a snipping or like a... Just laser. It's just lasers. What do you mean a snipping? They used to do like a cigar cutter like in the early days Stop of Stop it. Why are you yeah. saying these horrible I'm things? I'm sorry because they're true. A cigar cutter? Something. They use tools. Not a literal cigar cutter, but something similar to that to create Everyone listening is like kind yeah. of upset, but what you don't know is that both Ira and Jenny are making motions of the instruments. <laughs> you'll never have to I just see. had a laser in my eye. It was, it was 30 seconds each eye. It was great. And so now you're 2020. Yeah. 2020 wow. and 2020. Yes. Wow. Look at that. Yes. You didn't like my dad joke? I mean. <laughs> wow. That's what I'm you're going. For. No, you're going hard on the 2020 dad jokes. <laughs> Sorry, it's my role. Speaking of dad, yeah, the glasses broke his glasses. Speaking Poor of dad, Giles. daddy broke his glasses, and um, yeah, and Buffy's also doubting herself. She's worried that like 
she has the physical stuff on lock, but that once they start looking into her decision making, they're going to be not so thrilled because mm-hmm. she knows who she is and she's not the bookiest of the bunch. But the whole council, it's again like, what is their other option? They are all like sideline book people. They are all on the headset in the room. Yeah. They're like not the astronauts. They're like the people launching the shuttle. Yeah. What are they going to do without her? Oh, one thing I want to say before we move forward into Anya, Christina, Emanuela Jenkins and her mm-hmm. yeah. answers mm-hmm. is that the scene with Giles and Buffy ends um, with Buffy saying oh. they picked the perfect thing. I can't lose you. Aww. So like, we'll just play Giles' jingle. It's fine. Giles, hot dad. When you were younger, you were real bad. But now you're older, you've got glasses that help you watch over us. Thank you, Giles. Cut to this, like, turtleneck motherfucker. Is that the one you like? No. Yes. The turtleneck. Oh, no, the, no, not you the like white the one. The, the one who's, Nigel. like, foreign. Nigel. Their names yeah. are Turtleneck. Nigel and Lydia. <laughs> yes, Nigel is here. Nigel, okay. So Turtleneck mm-hmm. is questioning everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and Anya's doing a great job of making backstory for herself. Yes. She's born on the 4th of July. Anya Christina Emanuela Jenkins, 20 years old. Born on the 4th of July. And don't think there weren't jokes about that my whole life, Mr. Kisser. Who's our little patriot, they'd say, when I was younger and therefore smaller and shorter than I am now. Where is she drawing this material from? Like, what is Just the source of this American context? Things. That <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like, how mm. can I be the most American I could possibly be? I will put my birthday on the 4th of July. Right, right, right. Um, and then Willow and Tara's comedy line is, of course, that he asks them what their relationship is. He means to the Slayer. Yes. But they tell us. Uh, our, our relationship? We're friends. Good friends. Girlfriends, actually. Yes, we're girlfriends. We're in love. We're lovers. We're lesbian, gay type lovers. Oh, Ira, should I ask, should I drag Ira into the battleground of uh, is Willow gay or is Willow bisexual? You might have some thoughts. Because we're in, so we're in the new territory of Willow being like, I'm gay. And mm-hmm. last episode, Triangle, she was like, there's no way I would ever threaten your relationship with Xander because hello gay hello gay yeah and so our listeners have been you know talking about this for some time of like what do you guys think uh and so i, I mean i can tell you what we think but oh, she loved us so she's by right she's bi. it's just two, it was 2001 right so she didn't like, know what bi was yeah mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. The, the so that's what yeah and she wouldn't have either I was on my she team. wouldn't have either either you know right she and exactly so, like, like unless, I she didn't... Fe- unless she fell in love with a guy again totally she wouldn't know Wow, actually, now that you say that, that's a really good point because it, that was my ju- that was my personal journey. Mm-hmm. Was that like basically I was like I am a lesbian. Mm-hmm. I was also afraid that I would like meet a guy and mm-hmm. have a crush on a guy because then you would have to tell your mom that I wasn't gay. Mm-hmm. You, like there was not, and not that I didn't know what bisexual was, but you know, it was not. Yeah. It, it wasn't as accessible. Yeah, and and you were erased from both sides of yes. communities. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. Anyway, I'm glad to know that you're on my team for Riley yeah. and that you're on my team for Willow. <laughs> yes, is of course. Like that we would believe, like we would take Willow at her word. 
uh, but Willow is not writing Willow's lines. Yes. <laughs> so right. writers room in 2001. Mm-hmm. Okay. I yeah. like watching Xander tell Turtleneck about how he combined his essence with <laughs> Buffy while they're discussing his special skills. Yeah. And Anya's like, I'm told it was all very professional, which is like, <laughs> fair. Nobody, nobody talked to any of them about how they should answer these questions. Well, I don't no, think anybody. Not at all. Oh, no you mean prep. like the people interviewing them? Uh, well, no, like Giles and Buffy. Like nobody no was like, hey, hey, maybe like do say this and don't say that. Yeah. They just kind of yeah. like let them loose. Everybody just seems like they have no idea what's going to go on, including Giles and Buffy. Right. Um, what level are you at? Uh, five. 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 Five, obviously. It's a good move from Tara. Yes. I like it. This was a question on a Buffy trivia I did Ooh, like and two years ago. You got, I got it? it right. I did go to five. <laughs> Okay, so then uh, we go to Spikes, where we get one of my favorite scenes in the episode. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, this is great. It's so special. Lydia. Lydia. Yes. Just enamored with Spike because obviously, you know, he's a famous vampire. Yeah, number and one she Spike fan. Wrote his her fucking thesis on him. They killed mm -hmm. two Slayers. Yeah, and he's still alive. So totally. Walker's Castle is also a school. <laughs> Actually, or interesting thes point. You have, you're, you're, people are writing theses. <laughs> Watcher Academy. Do you think that she just wrote it for fun? Like she Probably. didn't have to write a thesis, but Probably. she was like just like, Leslie. Ooh, the you know, book. Leslie. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, yeah. So she. What I love too is that not only is she enamored with Spike, but Spike's like main drug is like having somebody enamored with him. Uh -huh. So he's all turned on because yeah. she's turned on. Yeah, yeah. And then he starts like going off about how like Buffy <laughs> pays we knew that, him. We knew that from Restless. That he loves fans. Oh, oh yes, that black, black and white photo shoot yeah. episode. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, uh -huh. And I think a little, Jay, a little James Marsters is uh, in mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. James Marsters is, is very good with fans in a similar way that Spike was. Mm -hmm. I think you know. Uh, I feel like James Marsters is really incredible at like making you feel like special and heard when you're talking to him. Totally, but he's also good at like changing poses all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So okay, so Spike starts going in uh, on like, oh, Buffy pays me to help. Buffy will let me like drink from dying victims, yes. like which isn't even true, which is definitely not true. He's just like being a little shit, and then he's like, poor little twig can't keep a man. Uh -huh. he's, he's rude. He's so rude. <laughs> but then, but that's what that's what kind of inspires this woman to be like, mm -hmm. wait. Do you want her to cry on your shoulder? Yeah, is that what you yeah. want? I would think I, you'd want to kill her. It would have been her. funny if the consul had been back at any point when, well, they sort of were when they tried to get faith, when the initiative was there. Because I'd imagine them trying to question, like, we're questioning, like, Riley. And the <laughs> government would probably be like, no. Oh, yeah. And oh, they, yeah, that would be like a brick wall. That would be, that would be some patriarchy on patriarchy right there. Yes. <laughs> um, so Buffy doesn't know how to speak Japanese. Uh, she doesn't understand what's going on in the next scene. Um, they want her to protect the dummy. Yeah, but also, like, do any of the other slaves not do that? Did Kendra? That's a, well, Kendra probably If did. anybody did, it was True. Kendra. Kendra was, yeah, Kendra definitely read all of the books, yes. including the manual that no, nobody ever saw. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, everything that the council was about interrogation-wise just, like, reinforces the idea that, like, their priorities are bureaucratic 
mm-hmm. and nonsensical and don't actually serve right. like winning and protecting. Well, yeah. And Giles gives us that line where like Quentin is like, what did you tr- like? How did you even train her? What did you train her? In? And he's like, I trained her to win. Like mm-hmm. it's, it, she doesn't need to know how to uh, say bow in Japanese to fucking save the world. Like I understand, yeah. you know, that there are these other things happening, but like this is not what is the most important um, thing. Period. <laughs> I just looked at my my note. My last note in this scene is in all caps. What a cunt, Quentin. <laughs> I got real mad. He's always been one. Yeah, he's yeah. a little shit. Um, but she kills the dummy. Yes. Uh, whoops. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, guys. I got to do this my way. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy never just do it your way. Do it her way. Yeah. yeah. She um which is not like I mean, this is not very customary of Buffy to fucking she's she's never killed. We've never any. seen her kill somebody yeah. she was trying to protect. Ever, ever. Yes. Um okay, so Buffy goes home. Buffy's having a rough Who's one. Who's there? Buffy goes home, she calls for her mom, she turns the corner into the living room, and for a second, because she's wearing like a dress like a nice dress. And she has like big curls, just like Joyce. Glory, like almost kind of registers as Joyce, just for like a fraction of a second. That's and a, then that's like, a fan fiction second for you. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry. Not for me, but sure. Uh, yeah, okay. me either. But I'm I'm okay. into where you're going. If you agree with me, and you think that like they have just like some on paper similar attributes, and like <laughs> maybe like the first millisecond your eyes are registering like that hair in that room, you think Joyce. Please write into Kristen at buffering wow. the vampire slayer at gmail.com to Rude. back me up. Thank you. And if you agree with me, don't write in. <laughs> yeah. just... We'll take all of the emails we don't get as agreeing yes. with me and Ira. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, mostly the thing that really makes you know that it's not Joyce is that back on that dress. Joyce yeah. is not oh, wearing sure, 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 sure. a yes. back like that. Yes, only with Giles. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. So, Gloria is there and this is my favorite scene in the episode. Right. It's great. Mm-hmm. Glory feels like a real villain here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, There's tension. Love this scene. Love when um, Dawn comes in. Love oh, when like, like she, love when Dawn uses her brattiness to get out of the situation. Yeah. See, I like Dawn. She's smart. Do you, oh, uh, so that's interesting, oh, actually. I read that as like Dawn being like, oh, well, I've been eavesdropping and nobody will tell me what's going on. So when she hears Glory say like, or when she's when she hears Buffy say, "Oh, she doesn't know anything." Dawn is like, Pissy. "I know," it's like mad about it. Right. Like, trying I think to, like... there's there's like a slight. I mean, I've watched this episode so many times. There's like a slight hesitation before Dawn does that, and I'm mm-hmm. very positive it's Dawn realizing the situation is dangerous and getting out of it. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And Dawn, honestly, I mean, how does Dawn not realize that the situation is dangerous before that while she's slowly walking into the room looking at this woman brandish uh, a fireplace poker? I think poker. that she does and she like oh, she wants to help? I think she wants to yeah. help. She just had an incredible run hitting the okay. Queller yeah. demon Let's with the, the, the coat rack. Demon, Come on. Yes, so yes. Uh, Fuck the Queller demon. How do you feel about the Queller demon, Ira? CGI? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Just running across the su- anyway the ceiling, the ceiling. suctioning. <laughs> it's truly one of the worst episodes uh, <laughs> ever. Uh- <laughs> so yeah, I mean, this is an incredible scene, and it's really—I mean, this is 
like the glory episode the episode where we learn that she's not a demon she's a god and it's the episode where like we've seen glory fight buffy mm-hmm. but like you said we haven't seen her vi- villain it up like yeah. she is villain it yeah up. yeah this is a very good scene yeah she's got like the uh buffy tries to get the fire poker mm-hmm. and she's just one step ahead of buffy the whole time and, and then joyce comes in all confused is that a friend of yours what? Jo- <laughs> Hey. She had beautiful hair. Uh, I thought it was me. Joyce's bandanas. <laughs> Joyce is doing great. I mentioned it in Triangle, but we had only seen like one bandana. But in this episode, she has two more fancy bandanas. Yeah, cancer danas. Yeah, cancer danas. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So and Buffy's like pack a bag. Yeah. Well, and because we're like, where is Joyce gonna go? New Mexico. Uh, to see her sister <laughs> in New York, somewhere very far away from here. No, why don't we keep her in town in a crypt? With a vampire who can only defend her against non-human entities. So if any human gets involved in Glory's mm. camp, they'll but be there are, there are no humans in Glory's camp. Well, right? we meet well, some guess... humans that want to kill Dawn later this episode. Oh, right, mm. right. The Knights of Although, Byzantium. We really learned nothing about the Knights of Byzantium, by the way, which I love their appearance in this episode. But my other knock against season five is they like plop in as an afterthought. Yeah. yeah. Like, and here's this thought, other thing. Who thought about these thing, these people at all? Right. And what they were supposed to be doing. Right. Yeah. Guess this human, night that she fights at the end refers to the, himself as a man. Yes. And all of them as Which men. is why. Which is not I necessarily. I guess human, but I would think like imbued with something. something like how yeah. else do they become the knights? Yeah. It's just very. How do they get those head tattoos? Yeah. It's sure. just very. Yeah. The, the knights suck. I think they're useless. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> uh, I will, though, stand firmly in their chainmail uh, yeah. camp. I do think that's, I like it. I want to yeah. touch it. I love touching chainmail. Okay. So, um, one thing that we didn't say, which I know everybody's watched the fucking episode, whatever you might know, but the the reason that she's bringing Joyce and Dawn to Spike, which, fair, all of your No, but Swiss also it cheese. is, like, the best thing she could probably do sure whatever but the but glory has threat glory has said i'm give this is your one shot to tell me where the fucking key is and if you don't i'll kill your mom i'll kill your sister i'll kill your fucking friends and we take her very seriously it is it is there's no question that you you can't take me yeah Seems like you'll be in favor of one of our sexual attention award yes. nominees later. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, so they're, I mean, the the great part about Joyce being back at Spike's or being at Spike's is that we get more Joyce and Spike, which is mm-hmm. one of my favorite pairings in the whole fucking Love show. Love to see Joyce and Spike. Love that they almost immediately find some common ground about watching Passions. Oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. And um, Buffy wanders the streets. Yeah, she's having. We haven't had a Look good. Look at like the fucking IKEA monkey. Yeah. Oh yeah, the coat, that coat. Kate, Kate uh, gave gave a nice nod to that coat for good reason. I actually kind of like. It. I like the coat, but it's very it's, it's a very Buffy coat. Right? <laughs> yeah. That and very... then the black skull cat. Yeah, I like this look for her. This I do about. too. It's very early aughts too. Yeah. Like this, mm-hmm. it's a legitimate like this is a coat I would have definitely wanted to wear <laughs> yeah. uh, in the early two thousands. But yeah, she's wandering. We haven't really seen her have a good Sunnydale alley walk in quite some time. So mm-hmm. it was nice to see. Well. Um, but of course, as happens in any alley uh, in Sunnydale. Knights of Byzantium. <laughs> Use- fucking... Useless knight. She yeah. farts him. Um, this is very like becoming this sword. Like it, it just was like it really reminded me yeah. of that sword. That it's she... probably from the prop. It's, po- it's probably, probably the same, same sword. Probably oh, same yeah. sword. <laughs> Anybody 
ever stop <laughs> to think about like how much medieval weaponry like nobody in this whole universe wants to like upgrade to something more modern well i think we have a lot of traditionalists on our hands here in, okay in the de- the demons are very right. yeah the vampires the council they, sure, sure, sure. they like to stay with what always worked and you yeah, know no guns we don't like I that. Don't no no i don't want guns yeah. i just want like you know robots no no no, no not that far just like Every weapon that they use looks like it was invented in, like, you know, the first half of the mm. millennium. Right. So there's modern swords. You, mean. you want a modern, you want a retractable Ooh. sword. No, <laughs> I don't know what I want. I just. <laughs> well, think, can you switch workshop blades. this? Oh, switchblades. Switch yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, remember Faith's knife? Faith should have had a fucking switch Remember blade, Faith's knife? Yeah. Though modern. Probably. Yeah, uh-huh-ish. but I would have. I'm sorry. I'm gonna be lost in thought uh, for the rest of the episode about Faith with switchblades. Are you a Nightmare on Elm Street person? Love, love it. Yeah. Because do you remember Nightmare on Elm Street? Dream Warriors, the yeah. best one. Yes, yeah. where yeah, the punk girl yes. theft. Yeah, of course I did. Uh, uh-huh. Great. That's who I was picturing. Yeah. I'm glad that we could all share in that moment yeah. together. <laughs> yeah, she got killed with heroin. Yes, with heroin. Oh, heroin. and her and when when her Freddy's arms. when Freddy's fingers became needles, yeah, jammed into her. Arm. Yeah, Ooh, it was rough, great. but she was great. Great death. She said her. She had a line that was like, "Feels so good to be bad," or like yeah. something like that. <laughs> good, good kill, Freddy. Yeah, yeah. Patricia Arquette, not that character, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's Patty. where I felt. It's where I fell in love with yeah. with Patty. It was in that movie. Uh, so, yeah, we talked about the Knights of fucking Byzantium. Mm-hmm. Is there much to say except for that Buffy does not kill the knight? And yeah. that is kind of like the beginning of this question of like, if she doesn't kill him because she thinks he's human, I, I assume. Yeah, he runs off. And he runs off. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, this is kind of the biggest. Well, it's not your favorite scene because we've already passed your favorite scene, but it is a massive uh, we like Buffy's speech finale. Yeah, I we, we like her. We yeah, like, when was the last time we had a good Buffy yeah, speech? This a is good a, one this too. is an iconic uh-huh. Buffy. This is this is when they could still this write like... Buffy speeches. Spoiler alert. Uh-huh. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, this is power. I have it. They don't. See, I've had a lot of people talking at me the last few days. Everyone just lining up to tell me how unimportant I am. And I finally figured out why. Power. I have it. They don't. This bothers them. Yes. Um, it's it's very incredible. Um, actually, if if it's all right with the room, I think that we could go to the Sexual Tension Awards now um, <laughs> because I think this is pretty sexy and pretty tense. Oh. Mm. Hit it. Okay. First of all, enough sexual tension, perhaps, that you could... Maybe you wouldn't want to cut it with a knife, but you might want to have two of your sidekicks aim a crossbow uh, at it while you're doing the thing. And I'm taking the long way all the way around. I know the nominees and I still don't even know which one you're (laughs) doing. To Spike's Crypt, where Lydia's totally into it. Yes. Oh, that. Okay. Sorry. I was like, what? What are we talking about? Four score. (laughs) Spike, Spike, and um, I believe I referred to her as Watcher Fangirl. Sure. I know she has a name, Lydia. Yeah, Lydia. Yes. 
next up, we have um, uh, Glory and Buffy, mm-hmm. who very I'm, sexy scene. Yeah, yeah. Woo, Glory. you know you can't take me, but perhaps you'd like to try. The subtext screams mm-hmm. Glory and Buffy in the living room with a fire poker. Yes, that is my. That is my answer. Final yes. answer. And then this scene that we are about to dive into has the other two nominees in it. Aha. Mm-hmm. One is Xander and the smashing of the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. A nominee that we would have never seen coming back in season two. But Can you spell this out for me? Why I've nominated? Oh, just because Xander is really enthusiastic Z- about Xander's, what Buffy is on about. Xander's sitting up in the fucking rafters. Yeah, he's cheering her he, on. And he is so hot for these dudes just getting the knife twisted in them. You he's know? just hot for Buffy. Yeah. Or that. Yeah. And the final nominee. I don't think it's that noble. <laughs> oh. Oh, he's been having such a good friend arc lately. Whatever. I prefer it. Xander double. <laughs> yeah. One, yeah, we, one, you and on your boat. Real one should have died. Anyway, <laughs> maybe he did. Ooh. <laughs> Twist. A anyway. nice theory. The yeah. fourth nominee, I think, is the one that you knew that I was going to go for, uh, is Buffy and Power. Yeah. Because that is the sexiest shit that mm-hmm. I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ira, did we leave anything out? Did you have yeah. anything that we didn't bring to the table? No. All right. So then... At Buffer and Cast on Twitter, you can vote in the Sexual Tension Awards. Uh, it's Buffy and Power. I'm I mean, saying. it's Buffy and Power. They're, they're Janelle Monae said everything is sex. You know, it's sex, which is power. Right. Yeah. yeah, this is actually, I think, the second or third time that that lyric has been quoted within the context of buffering the vampire slayer. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, so vote. So go vote in many ways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's also talking about power, the TV show on stars. Buffy watches it. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so so this scene. Buffy's late because there was a fucking attack. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Um, and Glory has given her the other piece of the information that she needs mm-hmm. to have yeah. figured this the fuck out. She throws a knife. She does. It hits the wall. A sword. A sword. Yes. By your boyfriend. Yes, because she's like, no interruptions. And then he's like, move foot. And she throws it. It's like, I'm fairly certain I said no interruption. Yeah. Hell yes. Which, which is so hot and which also is it leads to a hilarious moment with Lydia where Lydia's like, I'm, I don't, I don't want to get a sword thrown at me. <laughs> yeah. So. But, um, these are, ch- and, and like Lydia also makes a good, I kind of like Lydia. Lydia yeah. should be the The boy the has clocked more fuel time than all of you combined. <laughs> That's the only reason Xander's turned wrong. He gets a compliment. Oh, true. Um, Touche. Yes, Touche. Yes. But she, but she is right. They are children. Yeah. They are yeah. children. I mean, I guess we're bordering children now, but they, but they have been fighting since they were literally children with yeah. no skill set. Uh, well, at least is witchcraft. Xander's been fighting with them since teenager, and he never took a karate class. Like, come on. He should be training in the gym with. They Faith should all be training. Uh-huh. I, don't, yes. I don't know if you've read the Boom comics, mm-hmm. but they, they train. in the, And it was mm-hmm. one of my favorite parts of the whole fucking new telling is I'm like, yeah. this is this is what this we would sense. do. This yeah. makes sense. Z- Xander should not fight. Xander should. Xander neglected to tell everybody that he still has his like soldier training somewhere mm-hmm. in his brain that activates sometimes. But yeah, he. Yeah, he told Cordelia that time. Yeah. <laughs> hey. That time. <laughs> oh, you mean that time? Yes. Um, but yeah, so. Quentin accepts this, you know, mm-hmm. like he's, this is a little, like, you don't think you see this much in this dynamic. Usually you would see 
this this like powerful white man yeah. not be able to she's she grabs him by the council <laughs> she does she really does and uh he's like get me a scotch um yeah. you're right like i accept i accept your terms yes yes get me a scotch and Giles goes to get it and Bobby's like no <laughs> tell us what you came here for yeah mm-hmm. and it's like oh Buffy's not a demon she's a god well tea anyway tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so this means a lot of things it's like the the Watchers Council as much as we fucking hate them they are reinstated in a, in a sense in this episode but they are yeah. reinstated as subservient to Buffy mm-hmm. she has flipped it I'd like to know how they got the information that Glory's a god. Like, they where'd they the right, dig it up? They had the right book, I guess. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, they're hoarding, oh, From the Library of a, bunch of, a bunch of old white men hoarding over the knowledge of, uh, uh, of yeah. all the things in their library. Mm. <laughs> Who are the other gods? Anyway. Ooh. What a great question. Yeah. Uh, Neil sure, Gaiman I'm, wrote a whole book about it. Actually. Yeah, I'm sure you'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> you won't. They'll fill in all those blanks. <laughs> um, but this is... Yeah, this is. Do you, you think this is the best episode of the season, or you think this is the best episode of the series? Um, it's just my favorite episode. Your favorite episode. Yeah. And so, like, what There's is it? Episodes. What makes it your favorite? Because that's a big. I mean, you are like, you are a Buffy person. You the power are, speech, you know, Glory finally being villainous. I yeah. like Dawn in it. Um, I think it's funny. I like the Giles and her interactions. Yeah, it just feels very like. Very much you watch it and you feel good after it. Yeah. 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 It's sexy too. Yeah. It's very sexy. Yeah, it's got something for everyone. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I th- yeah, it's just one of my favorites, you know. I think two episodes later is even better than this episode. Crush is better. Oh, Crush. I thought Blood I was Tuss. like, don't Blood talk. Blood Tuss is better too. Blood Tuss is a very good episode. Yeah. It's yeah. a good, it's a good season. Yeah, it's a very good season. It's a good season. That we are just like slowly sliding down the back half of. I don't know how we got here. But um, yeah, this will take us in new directions. And by the time we see you again, Ira, so much will have happened, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Celebrate that. Um, But thank you for being a part of our our episode. Thank you for having me. And literally anytime. You are welcome on any episode, anytime you'd like. We love having you. Yeah. Uh, I also love the, there's a a crew of people uh, who guest that do not use notes of any kind. Uh, you know, and and you and Kate Leth are the like the leaders of that crew. Yeah, Be- and you and not only do you not use notes, but you know everything backwards and forwards mm-hmm. in a way that I don't even think after doing this whole entire podcast I will ever know. Like oh. you really hold the knowledge Thank in you. a powerful way. Yeah. Thank you. Um. So yeah, tell. I know you told us at the top some of your work, but you want to tell people about your amazing Twitter handle that it's always makes at me jealous. Ira. <laughs> Find me there. <laughs> Find uh, me now. Yes. I think most of you listening already do follow Ira and know about all the things uh, that he does, but they are incredible. So if you haven't already checked them out, do it. Well, I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. And when I'm not watching Buffy, I am writing and recording songs. You could check those out at JennyOwenYoungs.com. You can give me a shout on Twitter at Jenny Owen Youngs. And you could also hear me talk more on my other podcast. 
Veronica Mars Investigations. I am Kristen Russo, and you can find out what I do in my spare time by going to my website, <laughs> kristinnoline.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. What's so funny? High-res photos while you're knitting. <laughs> God, I wish. I should learn to knit. Um, but you can find out, you know, like work I do with the LGBTQ community. Uh, and if I take up knitting, I promise to post photos. Uh, you can use that handle to also follow me on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, I have a couple of cats. They're real cute. So if you're into that sort of thing, mm. you know, hit me up over there. Uh, and we are Buffering the Vampire Slayer. Where do we find us? Well, we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BufferingCast. You can email Kristen at bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail.com. Send her all your complaints. You can leave us a voicemail at area code 216. That's Cleveland, baby. 30BUFFY. You're welcome. I got a great phone number for us. <laughs> okay. You and ready so to howl? Are you, are you ready yeah. to howl with us? Sure. Your third howl with us? Yeah. All right. Perhaps. Yeah. We had the Gwendolyn Post howl, the prom howl, and now the fuck you, council howl. Yes. <laughs> Okay, fuck you to the council. Till next time. Uh, Hell yeah. Pull me through the ringer. Run me through your tests. The stupid gauntlet won't make a difference. You say you know what's coming. I'm hoping that's the truth. But there's something you're forgetting. You need me way more than I. checkers never get blood on your hands why you wanna test my patience and get on my last nerve it's almost like your pride is more important than the safety of the
Welcome. You've got a digital folklore. Monsters lurk in the shadowy corners of the internet. Our darkest fears peer back at us from the depths of the web. We can all... Hey, holy... Hey, Linda Blair. Are you all right? No. Can we maybe do this a different tone? Hey there, I'm Perry Carpenter. And I'm Mason Amadeus. On our podcast, Digital Folklore, we explore monsters, memes, and everything in between. Looking at our digital expressions through the lens of folklore, we break down the stories and communities we create online. And we try to make it a lot of fun. The show is presented in an audio drama style with a narrative and soundscape that's designed to draw you in. We weave insightful research and expert interviews with humor and storytelling. Come check it out. Search Digital Folklore wherever you get your podcasts.